Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Evening Jones. We're going to do a little back and forth. So uh, I'll tell you a little something about uh, my day at work. It was it was Monday. It really ain't about my day at work. It's just something that happened. And um, I try to give you guys like little entertaining anecdotes of the things that I noticed in life. And then I wind up starting the show and then I'd be forgetting them. So this time I made sure that Lance reminded me of what I need to know to remember the story to tell you. So anyway, um, I was going to do Around the Horn on Monday. But I need to figure out where it was that I was going to go for lunch. It was a little bit early, and I get off the train at 42nd Street when I do that, so I just decided, okay, well, I'm going to just walk south until I come up on something. And then I realized that uh, I remembered that, like, to the south was Chick-fil-A. I hadn't had Chick-fil-A in a minute, you know, so I went south, made a couple moves, you know, and I went to Chick-fil-A. So I go to Chick-fil-A, man. First of all, Chick-fil-A in New York City has some very obvious differences um, between that and any other Chick-fil-A that I've ever been to. New York Chick-fil-A got a whole lot more tattoos uh, at the register. Uh, that New York Chick-fil-A got a whole lot more color in it, a lot more working on the staff. Like, I don't really have an answer as to how it worked out, but that's how it goes. But anyway, man, hey, they are they a machine in that bad boy. They doing this thing right where you get in the line instead of getting all backed up at the registers and stuff like that. They're coming at you with the iPads, taking your order in the line, getting your name. You walk up and then you give them the name and then you pay, man. They, I mean, they kept that thing humming. There's one dude, man. In fact, I caught the slow dude at the register who taking forever to give me my sweet tea and stuff. And let me tell you, I noticed them other uh, eager, beager, e- eager beaver, uh, busy bees, was looking at him like, hey, man, we got, a, we got a standard to uphold. But anyway, I got my food, and the problem with the New York Chick-fil-A is the New York Chick-fil-A does not have enough seating for the demand of people who uh, wish to dine on their Chick-fil-A. So I get my bag. I go upstairs. I'm trying to find somewhere to sit. I don't really see nothing, right? And so I'm like, okay, it's... The weather's not so bad outside. It was actually very pretty. It was sunny. It just wasn't really the warmest. But I was, you know, kind of prepared. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll just find me some kind of, you know, place to sit. But, you know, place to sit in the city ain't as easy to come by as you would think. Because <clears throat> they're trying to discourage uh, the homeless people from getting comfortable. So I'm walking and... I see like some tables that are set up. I really don't know what the situation is, but I see them and I think, okay, maybe I see one of them's open. I'm like, okay, well maybe I just go sit down at this table. So as I'm about to go sit at the table and to be honest with you, it was, it was a height outside, but it wasn't really like, I feel like sitting outside. I plus it was like right up on the sidewalk too. So I got and, and it was right up on the sidewalk. And then right behind me, basically I had people, no matter which way I took, I turned my back. I was going to have a whole lot of people walking up on me um, in a way that I did not find to be especially comfortable. And I looked up. And I was like, you know where I ought to sit? I need to go sit right in there. That's right. Because that's the thing. You got to remember, I'm walking in there with a Chick-fil-A bag, you know? So I got to be, like, careful about where it is that I can sit. So I'm looking up, and I see it, and I'm like, Yeah. That's exactly where I need to go sit. You know what that is that I need to go sit? 
Starbucks. That's where I need to go. Ain't nobody going to say shit to me in Starbucks. Hey, if I walked up in that Starbucks, I, I, I'm trying to think of what I would have had to walk up into Starbucks with or how I would have to comport myself at Starbucks to get them to put me out. What would it take? I think I could walk in there with a styrofoam container with fried catfish. And I don't think they'd be putting me out of Starbucks. It could have been one of them like spots that only got like seven tables. I could have gone in that bad boy, put my booty in one chair and put my feet up on the other. Wouldn't nobody say nothing. No, 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 no. How about you wait until you get you some training? Since you ain't got no home training, you got to get job training. Then maybe you can come over here and you can talk to me. But I didn't do that. I just sat outside and I ate my Chick-fil-A. You know why? Because with privilege comes responsibility. And in that moment, I had a wonderful opportunity to just flex this privilege. But oh, no, 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 no. I'm a grown-up. I know how this goes. Comes with responsibility. That being said, if you just need to sit somewhere, maybe like Rosa Parks, your feet hurt. I don't see any reason why you shouldn't just go take a load off into Starbucks. <laughs> hey, man, this black privilege don't last very long. <laughs> you better you, you better get something out of it while you can. I think you got probably about another month before they go back to whatever the hell it is they was doing before. Yeah, you need somewhere to go sit down, go maximize that Starbucks. Uh, limited time only. That's what you need to do. Y'all didn't see that going that way, did you? Did you? Did you? No, no. See, see, see. I'd be keeping you on your toes. Anyway, let me go to your question. Oh, somebody here, somebody goes to Texas A&M. He needs to try this. If he's talking about, uh, if he's talking about trying this thing I was saying about the Starbucks, I don't recommend you try that in College Station. I, I don't necessarily know if they are really that worried about what the hell corporate got to say. All right, let me see what we got here. As someone against stopping fights, how crazy is it that James Shaw stopped a gunman with his bare hands and lived to tell the tale? Now, James Shaw uh, is the gentleman who wrestled the gun away from the dude that shot up that Waffle House in um, Tennessee. And that is amazing. And um, he's been, you know, what, what he, 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 uh, he took the gun away from the gunman. And then the next morning, like he goes to church and then he raises something like $40,000 for the victims of the shooting. Like, whoa, man, that's a lot. And they came to talk to him about it. I think the most interesting thing he said was he wasn't in there trying to be no hero to save the Waffle House. He was trying to save himself. And that is where this deviates from the notion of breaking up a fight. Right, like breaking up a fight is just a little bit unwieldy. You don't know what it, what's going to happen. More people, da da da. None of this. Nah, he got to one of those things. Where, so I got a homeboy. I don't know if I've told this story. It is an amazing story, and I almost like do it a disservice 
telling it myself because he tells it so much better. But anyway, um, the about actually this is not even the punchline of the story, but it's a significant um, part of the story. Is uh, my homeboy's daddy wrestling a shotgun away from a crackhead who tried to rob him? Yeah. Um, but I bring that up because he said that the moment that he realized that he could, that he could do it was that the dude looked down. Right. And he said that he knew that when he looked down, he was straight, especially like with a shotgun, right? Like he had enough time to get his hands on it and they wrestled and they fought and it was like up in the air and he bucked up a couple shots before he finally, uh, took control of the shotgun. And so in a circumstance like that, hey, if you are close enough and that dude looks down, I mean, that's probably your best chance at survival. Like it really is. And so, hey, I don't know. I don't know if I would have uh, the stomach for it. I do not. But hey, man, he made the move and he got whew. I'm going to say this right now, and I feel like everybody needs to, anybody that's on the side of right or whatever needs to be giving this thought, uh, some measure of consideration right now. And I'm just going to go ahead and say, because I think you, I think anybody understand where I'm coming from. Hey, man, let us all hope that everything checks out on Mr. James Shaw. Because we have learned that there is no level of heroism that we will allow somebody to perform where we will not run your name through some database to find every mistake that you ever made. And I don't mean to like mess up the party or anything by uh, bringing this up. But uh, I feel like everybody needs to be adequately prepared for what happens if this does happen. And how you going to handle it, man? But you got to realize, regardless of what your politics are, you cannot ignore the fact that there's a significant part of the discourse that's about the notion that more people need to have guns so that they can prevent like something like this. And, and again, I would just like to know, I don't know what kind of stealing resolve that you got to have if you was just in the Waffle House at the jukebox trying to play sitting on the dock of the bay, and then all of a sudden somebody walked up in there with an AR-15. I feel pretty confident that you would probably be too jarred to go into full, uh, what, what was it, Cobra? Wasn't that Sylvester Stallone movie? I don't really feel like you'd be able to take it to the Cobra place, like right there. Like if, if you if 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 you did not know that somebody was about to start bucking off an AR-15, and then next thing you know, you hear an AR-15. I feel like the first impulse that most of y'all are gonna have is shit. Is that AR-15? Like people talk about their running. I mean, I guess you know the whole thing about running as as the Waffle House does tend to have like multiple doors you can go in and out of. But I think the first move is to hit the ground. I know that you feel me now. Like that 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 is what I think is going to be the move that you're gonna make. But I don't think that most of the people that be in there would all of a sudden be like whipping to the waistband and then it'll turn into some kind of movie. Like I don't I don't I don't think that's what that was. But anyway. Where people talk about, like, we need more people with guns so that you can shoot the other person with a gun, which, you know, 
Um, this dude made it happen barehanded. Barehanded made it happen. Um, I just know he better be at the very least at the BET Awards. Does that seem fair? Like, I feel like, I mean, or not that he would necessarily be into this sort of thing, but I feel like that right there guarantees you, if you feel so inclined, a high-ranking position with the fruit of Islam. Um, I don't know how familiar you are, but the fruit of Islam claims they carry no guns and that they've never lost a man. They can get barehanded. Apparently, Gary Shaw, little did he know, that's his call. That might be his calling right there. That dude going to show up. Like, after he goes on his, his hero tour, that dude going to come back with a bow tie on. They're like, yeah, sit down. I got some news for y'all. Things done changed. Salam alaikum, my brother. Wow, by the way, I feel like I found semi-appropriate humor in a place um, where one would think the humor could not be found. And I thank you guys for that. I really do. Anyway, uh, appreciate the question. See what else we got here. Somebody here talking about, I just moved to a new city for a new job and I need a bar for any pointers on how I should conduct my search. None, actually. Not a goddamn one. All right. How impressive was Kanye losing 9 million followers in 10 minutes? Now, did this really happen? Because I saw somebody mention something about this drop in followers. Did he really lose 9 million followers? Like, I feel like in order for Kanye to lose, like for anybody really to lose that many followers, lose two-thirds of your followers in one day, or in any stretch of time, keeping in mind also that with a follower count as big as his is, like how many of those are actually real? Like I guess you could probably run a Twitter audit or something like that, but like how many of them are there? How many of them are actually real? Because I could make an argument that if Kanye had 27 million followers and then went down to 18, that of the original 27 million followers that he had, it wouldn't be crazy to think that only 18 of them was real. Right. So what you would be telling me is that he went from 18 million followers to nine, assuming that all the nine that left were actual real live followers. So, no, I have a hard time believing that that is exactly how it went. Anyway. You you don't take Kanye seriously. I don't think you should take Kanye seriously, to be clear. Damn, I'm trying to pick the chair up over the rug. There we go. So, yeah, I don't think you should take Kanye seriously. But, like, I don't, at least not in terms of the things that he says. I really don't care. I really don't pay any attention to it. And on top of it, I'm really not getting mad at it. Like, I'm not. And I am not here to judge you for the fact that you were letting Kanye get you mad. I'm just trying to ask, why are you letting Kanye get you mad? Like, I just don't get this. I, I don't, I mean, 
I think enough has happened with him. You already seen the dude with Trump before. When he wants some attention, he does these crazy, like, one-line tweets, and everybody who thinks he's too arrogant for his own good, he plays up to just what a big deal he is and verifies it every time something like this happens. But how is it 2018 and you still letting Kanye get you mad? I don't see it. And then it, like, turned into a wildfire. Chance the Rapper was like, sure, I want to jump into the fire. Kanye's my guy. And then he jumps in, and, and the, the Sci-High dude, and I don't even think Sci-High is jumping into the fire with Kanye. I feel like Sci-High, like, we might ultimately write the book down the line and find out that for some of this stuff, Sci-High is up in um, Kanye's ear saying how Larry Graham got Prince to be a Jehovah's Witness, and then he wasn't saying the nasty stuff no more. Yeah, so, like, now they're all out here. They honored Jermaine Dupree, said something about the way Kanye be making shoes and shit. And so he jumped in there, and then Kanye said something about, like, some numbers about how many shoes he was selling that is totally implausible. And I'm like, why? Why in the world are any of you taking any of these people seriously? Like, that, like, that is a fair question, right? All of you would agree that it is a fair question for me to wonder, why does it get you like this? And see, the thing I'm concluding from this is I don't even know how much of this is Kanye getting people mad and just how much of this is just people being mad. And so people are mad and then they are looking for some way, some outlet, some place to, to take that mad. And then Kanye says some dumb shit, or at least the things that people think are dumb. And then, boom, it becomes this outlet. Now, yeah, it has been wild to watch all these people who otherwise hated Kanye West all of a sudden talk about how Kanye is the free thinker. And the notion of being a free thinker in this context is always about being a black person that's willing to vote for the Republican Party. And number one, nothing make you sound more like you guilty than when you got to find a black person that agrees with you and hold them up. Like, see, look. Look, look, see, he thinks it. That's guilt talking. Like, if you really for real believe what you were saying, you just get out there and say it. Now, granted, a whole lot of these people do. But you wouldn't need to be holding up like, finally. Nah, 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 nah. That's that guilt talking. Okay? But anyway, all of it is just, like, <sighs> it's a whole lot of people taking Kanye West more seriously than they should. A whole lot. But no, I think that people have just kind of reached a point in things, man, where they mad at so much stuff and there's so much going on that's making people insecure and making people angry. And what the internet allows everybody to do in moments like these is they got the same person to scream at. And so everybody screams at that person. And it kind of rotates on who the person is from day to day, you know? But people go find somebody to scream on, basically. And today was Kanye's day. But you know some people, they just can't let nobody else just have a spotlight. They had to jump up in it, too. And so they got there. But I've just been blown away watching the meltdown. And then, of course, because I was blown away watching the meltdown, I wound up fighting with people about Kobe Bryant. And I'll be honest with you. The Kanye meltdown might have been a more peaceful affair. It's entirely possible. Like maybe I'm the one who's doing it wrong. 
You know? Maybe that's it. But there's something about Kanye. I mean, it's been like this for a long time. We, as a collective, give his opinion way more weight than it deserves. Way more weight than it deserves. Also, you're a friendly reminder that no matter what you think about Kanye, as far as contemporary music stars go, he is number one. There is nobody bigger. And uh, I'll just tell you this right now, not that you asked, but I know this kind of thing is going to come up. Yep, I'm going to listen to any of that any of that new stuff that he was doing in Wyoming that uh, I was going to listen to in the first place. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that. You know, Kanye Nas record. I'm going to do that. Hey, man, Nas done said enough crazy shit over the years, but y'all be dead to dead at him too. In fact, somebody go right now, take Nas' phone away from him. Somebody go do that. I hadn't really thought about this until right now. Nas been hanging out with Kanye, and they've been going back and forth. I really don't know what it is that Nas uh, might come here with. Let us not forget, one time, Nas wanted to open all the cells in Attica and send them to Africa. Yeah, that's the kind of problem solving that Nas is doing. No, 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 no. We don't need that. We don't need that. Um, and you know, who did what? Who who did uh? Didn't Nas say that Alexander the Great tried to shoot the nose off the Sphinx? Didn't isn't that what Nas said? And he was giving that to the babies. You remember that? Ooh, ooh. No, no, Bijan, I know that that story is Napoleon, but that's not what Nas said. Nas said Alexander the Great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Woo, woo. Nas, please be careful. Please, please, please be careful, Nas. I don't. I hate to see this happen to you, too. You seem to have found your lane. <laughs> These jokers will yank you out of it. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See? We found the funny in Kanye, too. Guys, I think we're on quite a roll. All this mess aside, how excited are you for Nas out being produced by Kanye? I am very excited about this, though I think my excitement could probably more accurately be described, be, be like intrigue. Is that maybe the better place to say that I'm in a place of intrigue? And the reason I'm at a place of intrigue is, like, as things stand presently, because Kanye has done so much uh, collaborative production over the years. Like, what is Kanye's sound? Because I feel like the quality control with Kanye is always going to be high. So it's not going to be bad. But, like, what is Kanye's sound at this point? Like, I have no idea what to think a Kanye Nas record would sound like. I don't have a good handle at all for where Kanye West is musically. None. So, yeah, I'm very interested in hearing this just partially because I have no idea um, what it would be. That being said, Nas has demonstrated himself throughout his career as being a dude. I don't want to say that it's producer dependent, 
but who produces this stuff has a great effect. Like people to steer him in and out of bad ideas. And Kanye is generally good at that. Like executive producer type stuff. Kanye is good at that. And uh, what the last Nas record was the, um, what was the name of it? Life is good. Was that the last one? Which by the way, life is good was dope. Except for, you know, that the yeah that, that whole Kali song which yeah 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 anyway appreciate the question let me see what else we got here made a mistake of calling the J Cole album good and forgot about the stance. Have you had any chance to check out the album? And if so, what do you think about it? No, I have not had a chance to check out that J. Cole record. And I will check it out at some point. Although I'm like three Drake albums behind at this point. So I don't even know if I necessarily feel pressed to catch up on these things in the way that I used to. In fact, I think I don't think I heard the J. Cole album with the one that supposedly went platinum without no features. Anyway. I was on the internet the other day and people were asking me if I listened to the J. Cole album, what I thought of it. And I'm like, dude, I am done listening to records on the day that they come out. Well, at the very least, I'm done like reading about them. I don't know. It's just everything is so rushed, man. Like everybody's trying to get there at this immediate point. And I might say, like, if I listen to a record the first time and I'm like, yo, this seems like it might be jamming, I'll give you that. But I'm not really going to be out here making too many bold proclamations or declarations about the quality of a record I just got a hold of. But everybody, like, that crit in the lube was so, dude, yo, it's classic. It's classic. Like, everybody wants to call something a classic immediately. One thing about the immediacy of this culture and everything else is one thing people like to do is be out early on something, right? So the thing about, you think about it back in the day with the source and the five mics, right? Here's the thing about the source and the five mics. A five mic record was being deemed a classic, like on site, a classic. And that's why for the longest, there were so few of them. Like if you got four and a half mics in the source, that was bananas, but it wasn't making the same declaration as five mics. It's like, we're going to step out there and we're going to say this. Yo, man. Cats, have you thinking a five might album come out every two months? Like every two months. Come on, man. So, no, I'll get around to listening to it at some point, but I'm just not. I don't. I'm not in a situation now, like just generally in my life and career stuff, because I don't really do music things like that anymore. I'm not at a place where I got to feel like it's such a press, like to listen to something right away, because I find that when you get into that early thing, your appreciation of the record winds up being tainted by all the discussion that you're hearing from other people. So if you got like a natural inclination to be too cool for school, you're going to downgrade it accordingly and things as such, or you're going to let people's opinions kind of feel, you know, not poison to a degree what it is that you ultimately going to think about it. So I'm really at the point now where I just kind of by and large, let y'all listen to stuff and not really pay too much attention to your discussions of it. And then I come back around to it later and you know what? It makes it no less satisfying. I bought Carol King's Tapestry on vinyl a couple of months ago. I listened to it for the first time. 
That shit came out in like 1972. It's jamming like it's new to me. You know what I mean? Like, I can wait. That's fine. It ain't got to be that much more than that. Appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. What is your opinion on Atlanta season two so far? So here's the thing with me about Atlanta season two. Like, I hope the Bibby episode wasn't so great that the show could never get to that point again and therefore just turned into full-on, like, episodes of unnecessary weirdness uh, and then became relevant. Because I feel like since the Bibby episode, the wheels have come off. Uh, that Teddy Perkins episode, I mean, it, it had a couple moments, but, I mean, I'm just not there with the people who think it's just this deep master work. Fuck out of here with that. Um, then after that, we had the weird thing with Van and them at the Drake party and where it was an episode that was written by a white woman. And I don't think it's representation of black women was really that cool. And I think I could also, by the way, make the same argument about this last, uh, this last, um, Al episode with all that stuff that was going on with him. And I'm just like, Hey man, this isn't really enjoyable right now. Now, again, the Bibby episode is maybe the best sitcom episode that I have ever watched in my life. Like, it's stomach-churning funny at every turn. However, nah, man, this is not this is not going well. Like, this needs to get back on track. Just give me back some funny, man. The first five episodes was hilarious. Not since. Not since. Appreciate the question. Let me see here. Why do you think Bob Kraft and the 76ers owners had so much interest in the Meek Mill situation? As you know, I can't really answer sports questions on this, but I don't think this is really a sports question. Or at the very least, I can maneuver it into a place that is not sportsy. Um, so, interesting stroke of things for Meek, to me, is the fact that the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Because Dreams and Nightmares became the theme song of the Eagles in the Super Bowl. So like his song is permanently attached to one of the happiest moments that that city has had in quite a long time, right? Like he means something now to Philly that maybe he is that it was never possible for him to mean before cuz he's right there on it, right? There's no way around that. That's what it is. I wonder how this plays if it doesn't go that way. I really do. Because one thing I do wonder about this, Bob Kraft went to see Meek in jail. And Bob Kraft came out and, you know, talked to reporters and was like, this is not a, this is a young man who should not be in jail. Did he ever say why he shouldn't be in jail? Like, I'm not even, I'm, I'm dead serious here. Like, it, it would be telling in a lot of ways if he said why it was that he should not be in jail. Like, you don't, here's the thing about jail and like getting sent to jail. You don't go talk to somebody who's in jail, find out they cool, and then be like, yo, they shouldn't be in jail. They cool. You understand what I'm saying? Like, that, that's not, that, that doesn't seem to be, to be the metric that you use to explain why it is that somebody should be out of jail. So, yeah, this has happened with Meek, and all these different types have rallied around Meek in that way, but it really isn't of much use if there isn't 
a real clarity around why it is that you think he shouldn't be in jail. Because at least as far as I can tell, I have not seen much public comment um, from these people who are so, you know, behind me as to why exactly they think there's a problem. Now, again, I'm asking you, if I got this wrong, feel free to let me know. But the only way this is actually beneficial is if there's a clear discussion as to what the problem is with him being in jail. And then a clear discussion as to why it is that he should have been out of jail and a clear discussion of how exactly it is that this all happened. Otherwise, he's just become like a strange mascot, not just for Philly, but just kind of this is a way that you can demonstrate some level of cool. By the way, it's just what, two, three years ago that this dude lost the battle to a bunch of memes. Whoever saw that coming, this dude can beat the law, but couldn't beat Drake. I guess that means Drake the law. Drake gonna catch a charge in Philadelphia, and then he's gonna send out a bunch of memes, and they just gonna have to let him free. I appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. So should we be happy about this new Prince stuff? Well, I mean, are we talking about like the nothing compares to you? Because the nothing compares to you came out. And again, how much heat you got to have to where you could do nothing compares to you and just be like, yeah, I'll give this to somebody else. Now, often what Prince would do on this kind of stuff, like the time was stuff that was a little too obviously black for what his ambitions were. And so he'd do that more hard funk stuff like out of the time. I was like, is that kind of stuff? But this one, no, nah, this is a print song. There's no way around this. This is absolutely a print song. And yeah, he just gave it to the, to the family. Like, yeah, you guys can have this, whatever. What? And that version is monster. And look, if we're going to get stuff like that, that I'm kind of okay with, right? Like, I'm kind of, I don't get the feeling that Prince is the type with a whole lot of, like, alternate takes left there. Like, I feel like Prince is cranking his shit out in two hours and then going on about his business, right? Oh, there, there's new there's new masterpieces to come up with. I have but so much time for this old one. But yeah, if it's going to be stuff like that, I'm with it. The only thing that I'm kind of like, yeah, I'll take this even against his will is the Miles Davis stuff. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Give me the Miles Davis stuff. But yeah, no, nah, no. Nah, I mean, I'm good with this. Like, if it's good sounding quality stuff, then go ahead and let us have it. And I understand people like, well, that isn't what he would have wanted. Anybody ask him what he wanted? It's too late for that now. He should have put in some paperwork. That being said, I really don't want that much of it. I got enough. Like, I got so much Prince music on my computer that I've never listened to. So I never listened to. There's just no way for me to get to it. I got enough. Appreciate the question. Let me see what else you got here. Yeah, Jimmy's old man, I think, has done a good job. I see Bijan talking about that. Jimmy's old man, I thought, has done a very good job with Jimmy's music in terms of what's gotten out. And most of the stuff, like, they put out the first uh, first raise of the New Rising Sun record. Like, yo, that was worth putting out. I think it's actually a pretty interesting record. And, um, hey, baby, New Rising Sun is, like, maybe top five Jimmy tracks for me. 
All right, let me see what else we got here. I'm running out of gas. Have you embraced being a slim dude? I am going to answer this question only because I assumed that this is a question being asked by some like slim teenager, right? Like I feel like you out here looking for encouragement. You need some kind of role model to let you know that being skinny ain't so bad. And I mean, have I embraced being a slim dude? Bro, I ain't really had no like whole bunch of other options. Like, this about all it is, bro. <laughs> this is all I got. And anyway, to answer your question, I whether or not I have embraced being a slim dude, being a slim dude ain't never stopped me from being embraced. Like, it, it doesn't really hold anything up. Dead up. Dead up. They talk bad about them skinny dudes, but if they like you, they'll sign up. Trust me, I've seen it. Hmm, let me see, let me see, let me see. Mm, I'm gonna get this like another minute. Somebody drop a good question in because I ain't really feeling none of these right now. I can't even talk about that fan con thing because I wasn't paying no attention. Oh, here's a question I'll take right here, right fast. Uh, what do you think about the Syracuse University videos? Being from Syracuse, can I wear any SU gear with pride anymore? I mean, if you was willing to wear Syracuse gear with pride, in spite of the fact that y'all are known as the greatest purveyors of Kyle's own defense, I mean, I don't really understand necessarily why this was stopped. I mean, look, what, here's the thing that got me about that Syracuse story. And I think what they had a frat that was found to make all these anti-Semitic and racist and homophobic and, you know, like all of them. Like they checked all the boxes um, in these videos. What got me about it was at first, oh, bro, I made it. Um, at first, all I had on the videos was just that it was a fraternity that had done them. And then I looked closer, and it was the engineering fraternity. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The engineering fraternity? Yeah, like, like this ain't even one of these, we go back to the old South sort of things. Like, y'all are the engineers? First of all, the engineering fraternity gets a house? Like, I, I, I other than... Like the uh, the music fraternities and sororities, right? Like Cap Cap Psi, you know that sort of thing. Other than them, I didn't know that any of these other type frats took themselves seriously in that way. Like I thought they were just like honor societies, you know? Like you go, you do it, you know, just something you put on the resume or whatever it is. I, I really was unaware of the fact that they was going this hard for the engineering frat. Wow. Ain't that something? Also, think about that for a second, right? So what happens if you like black or gay or whatever it is and try to get in that frat? Like, damn, we can't even get in the engineering frat. You know what I'm saying? They like, can't even do that. Hey, man, that's the game. But, hey, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Evening Jones. Try to do this thing about once a week. If I at all can, my man Lance Gilliam handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Remember, if you cannot subscribe to the – I mean, watch The Evening Jones live. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the iTunes store. Subscribe at Stitcher Radio. Check us out at SoundCloud. We are also at the Google Play Store. Hope to talk to you guys next week. Take it easy.